Hey guys, it's Hazel Emlyn here with Rapid Starter Real Estate and the Real Life in Real Estate podcast. And I'm here with a special guest that we've heard from before, uh, Teresa Perry with Caliber Home Loans. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, yes, absolutely. So I kind of wanted to start this podcast with a market update. Um, Every month since really the beginning of COVID, I send out a market update to my database. And I just like to kind of keep him informed with what's going on in the market. And there's a lot of questions still, obviously. There's a lot of things happening in our world still, even um, outside of COVID. And I thought it would be a good idea just to kind of touch a little bit on what happened as of the last month. Great idea. Yeah. Yeah. So this is as of October of 2020. Okay. So again, you know, these stats, there could be um, a couple homes I got inputted into the MLS maybe a few days after I pulled these stats. But for the most part, this is a pretty good, accurate depiction of what's happening in um, our local market here in Solano County. Awesome. So basically, um, nothing has really changed. (laughs) But yet a lot has changed. Um, but what I mean by that is it's still low supply, very high demand. We're still seeing multiple offers across the board. And, uh, you know, to put things into perspective, um, you're seeing sometimes 20 offers on homes. Oh, my gosh. And it's, yeah, and that's like normal. That's almost <laughs> expected at this point. So the one thing I'd like to give as far as like a tip to buyers is to really have all your ducks in a row. I mean, you got to be ready to go. You got to have that pre-approval done. You got to have, honestly, maybe even desktop underwriting done just to be a little bit more of a stronger buyer because when you're competing with 20 people... You have to stand out. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. You have to stand out. And it's hard to stand out. I mean, there's only so many things you can do on the contract. There's only so many things you can do, you know, um, with your price, within reason. Um, But having little things like that really do go a long way. I think you would probably say the same. 100%. I always, I mean, I feel like that's a huge, a huge benefit to getting pre-approved. Yeah. Like you have your clients do or your buyers do. So that does put them kind of ahead of the game, right? Yeah. Well, and then I guess um, just in case some people aren't familiar with the term DU approval, what Mm -hmm. is, what is that exactly? So there's DU and LP and uh, basically it's just automated uh, underwriting engines and DU's through Fannie Mae and LP is through Freddie Mac. Yeah, and so you've kind of gone that extra step like you were saying and gives the sellers a little bit more confidence that hopefully there's not going to be any surprises for you not being able to purchase this home. Exactly. Yeah, and unfortunately with COVID, it's, you know, there is always that little risk and we've seen it happen. I know I've seen it happen several times with my listings or even my clients, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. We're right in the beginning of escrow and things change. Right. So it's good just to have those extra pieces in there to help strengthen your offer. But my biggest tip is is that for buyers is really get your get your things together. Have that pre approval, you know, have all those little things you might need to clean up on your credit report done. Yes. So that way we're smooth sailing as much as we can be. Yes, make sure escrow. your uh, make sure your loan officer has your verification of employment. Yeah, it's a big one. Huge. Make sure they start that process because right now with everybody working remote too, mm-hmm. that's a, a hurdle we're running into is getting a person to complete what we need. That makes you know? sense. So the sooner you could at least get it, even if it's outdated maybe by the time you're in contract, at least all it is is an update and you have a contact. Right. And you've already kind of done the back work. Right, right. And one thing too, I mean, I say this every time, even pre-COVID, I always have my clients write a nice letter. Oh, yeah. It's it's crazy what something like that can do. I, I've had clients literally get homes, our offers accepted, solely because they wrote a nice letter 
and the seller really wanted somebody like them in their home. Aww. Yeah, so little things like that, I mean, I think go a long way. And really having all, like I said, those ducks in a row, I think is going to better prepare you in this market. Because 100%. We, yeah, we can't be working backwards. We've got to be working, you know, full speed ahead. Yes. And, and with the market right now, I mean, I know you're seeing it. There are expected delays. I mean, like you, you and I were talking earlier, appraisals, they're taking a little bit longer to even just get done. I mean, I have a client right now. We've been in escrow for almost two weeks. Oh, we still so have an appraisal, that. but it's not him and it's not their lender. No. It's everyone is so bogged down with the refinances and yes. the purchases. And we're even finding on the lending side, even sometimes, you know, where before you could pay that $150 rush fee, sometimes the appraisers are so busy, they won't even, for 150 bucks, they're still not taking the order. Oh, so wow. it's, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's a hurdle we're, we're having to work our way through. Yeah. Well, and then even with them, um, like homes in, country areas or mm, yeah we're still seeing you know those requirements to have that secondary appraisal or the look just to make sure nothing's changed exactly since that, all the fires yeah and, and then that just adds more time and so really the 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 better we can be um to be better prepared with having all those little things like your verification in you know uh the du approval and then hopefully we set ourselves up a little bit better to keep as close to our timelines as as we can yes. you know, within within what we're able to do. I agree. I agree totally. Yeah. And so I would also say for buyers, don't expect to get a counter offer <laughs> at all. This market, it's just it's nuts. I'll be honest. I mean, you know, I have clients that write offers and um, they don't get countered. They just the seller takes the highest and best. Or if you have, yeah, exactly, and that's it. Or if you have 20 offers on the table, they might choose maybe two, three, four, five offers of that 20 to even counter. Wow. And so, I mean, the odds of you getting a counter right now is not very high. So I always tell my clients, go in with your best foot forward, be ready to come in at your highest and best, and just not expect a counter offer. To come back. Oh, gosh. It's, it's so amazing what it what the market is right now. Right, right. It's a little it's a little cutthroat, and you know, mm-hmm. not to discourage anyone from from making the investment, but just to have a really a realistic idea of what to expect. Right, it's Last not impossible. You, exactly. You just you know have to have your stuff together. You have to be ready, and you have to have a good agent. Yes, who and knows a good what lender, she's doing, <laughs> and a great lender. And you know, actually, I kind of want to talk about that because. You know, I represent both buyers and sellers, and I have sometimes on my listings other, you know, buyers who have lenders I don't know and from all kinds of different mortgage companies. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll, I have a, um, a, a listing right now. We were supposed to close escrow 10 days ago, and I can't get them to fund. <sighs> and so I'm like, man, I, this is where really having a lender that you know can do what they told you they were right. going to do. You trust um, that they'll at least be honest and upfront exactly. and communicate, right? Exactly. And that's the biggest thing, I think, in this market is communication. Mm-hmm. You know, we're only able to do what we can do. And a lot of this is out of our hands. Yes. COVID has changed a lot of things in our industry. Yes. But I'm always someone that just over-communicate. And the more times you can update me with something so I don't have to ask you or vice versa. That's right. how we look at it. The the more times we can reach out to you so you don't have to reach out to us, the better, right? right? Exactly. That way everybody feels like they're being informed on time and not, you know, there isn't anything being hidden from them. Right, so. right. And you have some people like my sellers, they were like thinking worst case scenario, did something happen? Are they still buying this home? And so it alleviates a lot of that stress too. Right. That, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it could just be a really small thing, but it's nice to just at least be kept in the loop. So 
have a good agent, have a good lender yes. that can fulfill their end of the deal um, and get you that home, hopefully in the time that they had said they could. Yes. <laughs> so those are those are our tips for the buyers. Yes. Um, for sellers, we are seeing it's 100% a seller's market. Yay for you. You are going to get most likely offers that are, yes, over asking, very aggressive terms. We're seeing a lot more cash offers than we've ever seen, honestly, wow. since I, I've been doing this, you know, and cash I've been doing offers. this for like four years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of cash offers, really competitive terms. And so it's 100% a, a seller's market, and there's really just not enough homes. There's not enough homes on the market for how many people want to buy. And the rates are driving, obviously, that kind of buying craze right now is the rates are so good. Yeah, they're great. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, and they're hopefully going to stay this way. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's a great time to sell. If yes. you have a home that, you know, you, you've been maybe wanting to upgrade to something bigger or maybe downsize to something smaller. Or if you have a rental property, you just don't want to deal with anymore now's the time right (laughs) and it's kind of crazy with what's going on right now and this is also i guess to educate my buyers we're seeing a lot of bay area people come to our area here in solano county in buying homes and which is great you know that's definitely not a bad thing but a lot of these buyers have a lot of money I mean, you're coming from San Francisco, Silicon Valley. You're coming from Contra Costa area. Mm-hmm. And with everyone remotely working, they don't, need to, yeah, they don't need to live in the city anymore. And they can get for a million dollars here in Solano County, a property that has probably quite a bit of land plus mm-hmm. a good-sized home for the same price as maybe a tiny studio in the city. Right. And so we're seeing a huge influx in buyers coming this way, and it's causing a lot of competition in our area, even more so than we had already been seeing. Wow. And so with that, you have sellers who, you know, to, to put in comparison, I had a coworker of mine. She uh, was offering on a property here in Vacaville, a very, um, just a basic three-bedroom home, nothing, you know, super crazy, very nicely kept. They did some nice updates to the kitchen, was, you know, um, updated to some extent but nothing crazy mm-hmm. it was listed at five hundred and fifteen thousand. okay they had 20 offers Five. and you know how much over the winning offer was how much sixty thousand dollars with all contingencies removed wow all contingencies all contingencies removed and for those that aren't familiar maybe with the terms Teresa and i are talking about Basically, when you remove all your contingencies, you're saying, I don't care if this house isn't worth this in the appraiser's eyes, it's what I'm going to pay. Right. And this is what you are going to pay is the 575000 And you risk your deposit, yeah. right? Your earnest money. So exactly. that's what the that's what that gamble is when you release those mm-hmm. contingencies. Or you don't even have the contingencies. You have nothing really protecting you right. if something were to come up in inspections or, God forbid, their loan. But, I mean, when you have somebody who chooses to release their loan appraisal contingency, I'm guessing most likely they're coming in with a pretty big down payment or maybe the yeah. appraisal is not needed. Right. Or they have cash and then they don't have to worry exactly. about that side of it. so i mean you're just and that's to put in perspective this is a very <clears throat> just average size home great neighborhood um and that is what you're seeing in some cases and again not to discourage anyone but just to give you a heads up that this is a tough market you're probably going to lose out on more homes than than you're going to get mm-hmm. you know I think that's really good to 
be telling people right now because a lot of people have that mindset of because I even know before I was in the business Mm -hmm. um and I feel like I'm just even more educated now but but you know back then I I I know and I hear this all the time too with first-time home buyers especially but you know oh well I just want to let's just write an offer for you know, if it's listed at five hundred, let's just do four seventy five or what a you know, they yeah. want to lowball it. Right. So I, I think it's really good you're getting this out because I think people don't understand that that doesn't work no. anymore. No, and you <laughs> at know, least in this market. It exactly. Work. And you know, I'll be honest, I think this is the market we're gonna be in probably for some time. I mean, um, COVID which we'll talk about in a little bit, you know, hopefully there'll be a vaccine. Yes. But we might not get the majority of people vaccinated until maybe beginning of spring. Yeah. And I mean, then we're approaching in the summer months. There's traditionally more competition then because people are out of school. They want to get into a house before the kids go back. Right. So you'll be running into that timeline. There's a lot of variables. There's a lot of things that are very fluid. You and I have been talking Mm -hmm. about that. We just don't know. And I I mean, I don't think that this kind of um, work environment where you have people who are working from home via Zoom I don't think that's going away anywhere. I mean, you see big companies like Twitter and Pinterest. Um, I don't know about Facebook, but, you know, big companies like that that are selling their real estate in the city. Wow. Because they're like, no, we're not going to bring people back. Right. Even if COVID gets better, we're just going to keep our employees home. Yeah. I mean, we even experience here at Caliber. We have certain, you know, branches that are, are you know, certain departments here at Caliber that they are not allowed they are remote that's where they're working and you know and it it works out great for Mm -hmm. everybody it's a good thing i'm you know nobody's complaining about it but even at caliber there's you know that's how it's kind of i think it's the direction companies are moving i think so too it's probably more affordable they don't have to have i mean i don't know caliber's reasons but i would imagine it would you know for safety of course i Mm -hmm. think is number one but two would be Affordability, they don't have to house all these people anymore. Right, right. And when you have people too who maybe live in San Francisco or those busier areas, and with COVID, I mean, let's say, you know, it isn't COVID, it's going to probably be something else at some point in time. And so you have a lot of people thinking about that. Do I want to be in a city where I have to take public transportation and sit in a very crowded BART train or muni bus or taxi or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? And a lot of people are thinking, I think, of that future also. I mean, if it's not COVID, what else could it be? Exactly. I think it was a huge eye opener for a lot of people and and even like myself, I you know, I've always been remote working. I, I always come into the office. I'm a huge believer in being in an office environment in the in the business that I'm in, but I do work everywhere. You know, you yeah. can work off your yeah, phone. You can. You, yeah. Yeah. I, but since this has happened, I'm full set up at yeah. home now you know and I especially have, you have your kids in yeah, school exactly learning. so it's it's definitely been a change that's rocked everything but you know in that aspect I don't think that's bad I think that was maybe a positive that came out of COVID was yeah. allowing people to have that flexibility because man I have so many friends my husband his job doesn't have that type of flexibility but you know, we do have a lot of friends that commute from here to the city and yeah. gosh that's such a drain on your day mm-hmm. and to not have to do that has to be such a huge benefit yeah and so you know I, I don't think that's going to go anywhere anytime soon and I so agree. I think it's only going to 
continue to drive interest to our area because I mean let's be real Solana County is great I got everything yeah we were right in the smack in the middle of the city and the mountains I mean Mm -hmm. you're a two-hour drive to Tahoe you're a two-hour drive to um well a little bit past San Francisco but you know you're in a good little place here we have a lot of things to do places to eat things places to go shop the outlets the outlets (laughs) are world-renowned outlets you know so there's a lot our area offers and I think people see that and they'd rather be in a place that has more to offer than you know, yeah. somewhere like San Francisco, which is amazing. Don't get me wrong. I love the city, but you can get so much for your money out here compared to Oh, that. for sure. And you have more space. Yeah. You know, I do. We have friends in the city who still live there. And when everything shut down, I mean, that took a lot of their social everything away. Because oh, they sure. don't have, they don't even have a yard, you know, yeah. or anything. And so I do think it's definitely. Yeah. So definitely I mean. Definitely changing. Yeah. And so for sellers. 100% seller's market. You're still most likely at this point in time seeing multiple offers, um, very aggressive offers. Your your home is probably going to get an offer. I would I would not be surprised in minutes after, honestly, you go on the market. Is it that crazy? I mean, I literally sometimes look at homes and they're gone in like less than a day. So I have a question for you then. Yeah. I, if you're a seller thinking mm-hmm. to, to, to buy or thinking to sell and then, you know, obviously have to rebuy. What are their, what do you give them as tips to, to, to cycle through that? To, yeah. You know, it's tough and it, yeah. because when you're contingent like that, contingent on selling a property to buy something else, yeah, you're not the strongest buyer when you're competing with someone that doesn't have to sell anything to buy. My best recommendation to those sellers is to sell your home, keep, keep the cash or whatever it is you're, you're going to be netting from it, then go buy something else. Uh, you might have to have a very short amount of time where maybe you're in a rental or maybe you're bumming it with family for a little bit, but that's probably going to be your best bet in this okay. market because then you're the top dog. Yeah. You have the cash, you have no contingencies, but if you go in contingent, it's a little bit tougher right now. It's not impossible. It's just, it will be tougher. It's just one more hurdle. But. Exactly. Because then what happens if your home for some reason falls through? And then all of a sudden you can't buy the other property. There's right. a lot of risks that are involved, and um, there's it's just a better um, situation for the sellers of whatever house you're trying to buy right. if you're not contingent. Okay. But there's different ways we can figure it out. But that's my my go-to Your tip tip for <laughs> sellers. But yeah, I mean it's definitely probably going to stay that way as far as the sellers market is, as far as I can see. In the I, I totally <laughs> now that you say it in those terms, I totally agree with you because. As long as jobs are still remaining remote, we are, this county at least, is still a hot ticket county, you know? And even, I know that, you know, just getting out of San Francisco probably is just a hot way to get out. (laughs) So, you know, like, I I do believe that's going to keep our our market going. Yeah, you know, I follow a lot of agents out in San Francisco, and, you know, it's a like a small world um and it's it's kind of crazy if you the the difference between our market and their market is like night and day their market you have homes that are sitting there's actually agents that are offering cars if you buy the house they're offering mortgages that are paid for a certain amount of time they're offering cruises around the world trips to paris because they can't get those homes to move their market has has stalled a lot because 
I mean, with the current situation of our world, not a lot of people are wanting to move to those big cities, those metropolitan areas. They're wanting to live in more suburbs. Yeah. I mean, so, it makes sense. That's so great. What a difference. It's night and day. Yeah. It is night and day. I mean, I, I just got an email from another agent. They're offering to pay, I think, a year's worth of the HOA fees <gasps> just because wow. they're like, I, we need this sold. <laughs> I mean, it's they're, they're kind of, I don't want to say desperate, but they are, I think, to in, in some regard to those homes that are sitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that are sitting. So if you've wanted to buy in the city, this might be a great time for you. It's probably more a buyer's market there than it is a seller's market. But it is, it's just crazy to see the difference between our suburb area versus a big city like San Francisco. Well, I love our little area. I know coming from <laughs> Contra Costa County even, which isn't anywhere near as big as San Francisco. I love it here in Solano County. Same. Love it. Same. Well, then just some like examples, just to kind of put things in perspective. These are real life examples. You can go and look on, don't look on Zillow because Zillow is not great. But you know, you can go look on the MLS and you'll see these. So just to give you some context of what really has sold, how many offers were on the table, what they sold for. And not every realtor discloses all that on the MLS, but these are just some that did. Um, so you had a home at 6182 Vanden Road in Vacaville. They had 10 offers. Their listed price was 449 they sold for four sixty nine, wow. and I believe that one had removed an appraisal contingency because wow. I had a listing around the corner, and uh, that is what I was told. So twenty thousand wow. um, dollars difference. Uh, Seven oh nine Shannon Drive in Sassoon. They had four offers. The listed price was three seventy five. It sold for four oh five. Wow. And you know I'm not certain if they released contingencies or what the particulars were on those contracts, but the sales price is what matters. Right. Then you have homes like 331 Berryessa Drive in Vacaville. They had 12 offers. The listed price was 415. It sold for 441,000. Wow. And then you had one in Sassoon on Montebello. 16 offers on the table. Listed price was 409. It sold for 450. 450. 450. Wow. And so that's kind of one thing I want to stress too is it doesn't matter right now with comps. I'll be 100% frank when I have a, a seller saying, "Oh, how, how much is my house worth?" It doesn't matter about the six months worth of comps that we have in your area. Those go out the window. Because everything's so different right now. People are willing to pay, obviously. Exactly. They're willing to pay whatever, really, because there's nothing out there. Yeah. I mean, uh, like that first example, $60,000 over asking with no contingencies. They were willing to pay that because there's nothing out there. And it's a cute house. Don't get me wrong. Cute house. But Mm -hmm. nothing crazy, nothing special. Yeah. I mean, nothing too special. (laughs) But, I mean, it's just something to kind of just just think about. When you're out there shopping, you're not the only one looking at that house. You, You know, you probably at least have, I would say, anywhere between 10 to 20 people looking or maybe even offering on that home. And realistically, I guess, I mean, maybe you tell me if I'm right on this, but those people who are paying more, let's say, than it's maybe, you know, quote unquote worth, their house just brought up that value. So the next time, no, your house is because you just sold it for that price, right? Yes. So that is right? (laughs) 100%. Yeah, that's actually bringing me that. Thank you. That's That's leading me to my next point. That's the one thing I get a little concerned about is like that house that sold for 575 when really it wasn't worth that but the buyer is willing to pay that so an appraisal goes out the window whether that house appraised at 575 or not that's the new comparable comp. yeah that's yeah. the new comp okay. so the sales price is all that matters doesn't matter about anything else whatever it sells for that is the new comp so everything around that within a 1 mile radius um within the last 6 months 
will be held to that standard. And so it's driving the prices up, which is great for your neighbors, yeah, great for sellers, but it's going to make things even harder for buyers mm-hmm. because now they have to up their purchase price even that much more in those areas. Right. And this is the one thing I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a little concerned about because we're having all this influx of Bay Area um, buyers that are offering these cash offers over asking, um, you know, no appraisal contingencies. It's driving up our market here where people I think are going to be priced out. And, you know, I worry about that a little bit. And so I'm hoping things kind of slow down. But really the only thing I think that will help that is inventory. But until COVID gets better, that's probably not going to happen. Well, let's hope with the vaccine. Let's hope, yes. We had some positive news this last week. Yes, yes. Some good companies. Yes, yes. (laughs) So fingers crossed that because I think, really, I think that's going to be the only way we kind of level things out. Even the playing field a little bit is if more inventory comes on the market. Yeah. So... Um, and then just to kind of break it down, because uh, I like to kind of, I'm a little numbers nerd, and yeah. I like to see, you know, the difference in things. Yeah. And in 2019, uh, from January 1st to October 31st of 2019, 4,097 homes sold in Solano County okay. at no particular price point. Um, and again, you know, it could be fluctuated by a few or, or right. you know, here or there. But for the, for the data I pulled, it was 4,097. And we, I wanted to compare that to 2020. So between January 1st of 2020 to October 31st of 2020, 4,000 homes sold in Solano County. Wow. So the conception that, or it's a misconception, I guess, that COVID has slowed, slowed us down. It hasn't for at all. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we're 97 homes apart, but we are working with severely less inventory than we've had last year. I mean, by hundreds of homes. Wow. And so if we have that, that inventory, we we would be well over that right yeah so i mean that just kind of puts things in perspective and then i break it down by cities uh total for the month of october in solana county 438 homes sold but in 2019 in that same month 416 homes sold so we actually sold more homes this month this year than we did last year but the interesting thing is we were working with almost probably half the inventory that we had last year wow so you Those can only numbers imagine. are really eye-opening. Yes, yeah, so you can only imagine yeah. if we actually had the same amount of inventory we had last year, we would be probably well above that 438 mark. That's amazing. So it just kind of puts things in perspective. My takeaway yeah. for everything right now in the market, it is still hot. It is still moving. It is still very aggressive. It's still a seller's market. But again, this is not to discourage you. I mean, I have... Uh, several clients in escrow right now it does happen it's just you want to just go in with your best foot forward as aggressive as you can get all your ducks in a row Mm -hmm. choose an excellent lender uh have a realtor that knows what they're doing and knows how to negotiate for you right and just just be patient and positive yes be patient and positive out you know you might not get the home that you you know saw right away and you went to go see and put an offer in you might it might take two or three before we get one Mm -hmm. but just know i think things happen the way they're meant to when they're supposed to and if you're patient and positive it will happen oh that's really good advice yeah so i'm like we got you just gotta (laughs) gotta hold on to hope right yes so um yeah kind of diving into another topic that i wanted to chat with you about was um i've been getting a lot of kind of questions um you know, questions we might have already visited in our previous podcast, but, you know, it's always good to kind of get that refresher because things are changing mm-hmm. um, with credit scores. 
I had a client ask me the other day, oh, well, you know, my credit score is like 680. Should I just wait for it to go up to 690? Or is it better if I wait to go to 700? I mean, does it really make that much of a difference between scores when they're that close? So kind of. So there's like what we call like a price hit to to your rate. Okay. Or to your, to your fee, depending on how it breaks down. But um, depending on what your credit score is. So like the big jumps. So, like, the big ones that you want to get to, I'll kind of, like, break it down. So, 680 is your first one. So, if you're below a 680, if, you are, if you're if you at, like, 675, if you get to that 680, it's going to really help you. So, okay. that's a big one. Um, and 740 is, is the next. So, those are really big. 780 and above is excellent credit. I think their pricing, depend, depending on what kind of loan it is, that's that's kind of the best realm you could be in. But the big price improvements are 680 and 740 Interesting. But and you have to remember, too, though, Hazel, if they're below that and their rate is getting a hit to it, mm-hmm. you don't want to maybe miss out on a house over that. And that was actually that. my next question. Oh, okay. um, I mean, that's what I would advise someone is – it's going to suck for a little bit, but hopefully your credit gets better with you buying this house and making your payments on time and whatever else might come. Mm-hmm. And maybe you could refinance. Exactly. Into something better. Exactly. Because it's not like with any of those jumps, it's not like you're going to go from a 3% mm-hmm. to a 2% or yeah. 5% to a 3 You know, it's not that big of a jump, but those are the biggest like jumps. Yeah, those okay. are the, the, the two big ones. So... It is um, it is something to be aware of, but mm-hmm. you don't want to miss out on a home because of right something right. so small and minute. It's different than if you have like if you don't qualify at all, then right. you know obviously that's different. But and I know things have been very changeable mm-hmm. with this last you know six seven months. Yes. What's the the credit minimum right now? So five eighty is your minimum okay. for FHA and VA and six. 20 is your minimum for conventional. Okay. I will be honest and say 580. Um, even though that's the minimum, we still have to get Fannie and Freddie to approve it through that system we were kind of talking about earlier that mm-hmm. we call it the automated systems. And um, it's a little bit harder to get approvals, but that is also why it's very important to have somebody run those because just because 580 is your minimum, it doesn't necessarily mean you're you're approved. Gotcha. Okay. So that's why it's very important to make sure you do get those systems ran. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. That because makes sometimes sense. even though it is, you still have to get it up a little bit. And I get this question too. I mean, how much is it going to affect my score if I get a lender that runs my credit? I mean, do you have like an idea of what... I, they say... So... I, th- I don't think there's a real good answer to that. But mm-hmm. what I've heard is it's like three points each okay. time you so have it's not like pulled. detrimental. You're not going to jump, or hopefully. No, but if you have your credit pulled 10 times by right. 10 different lenders, that's huge. That right. will affect you. But having it pulled a couple times isn't going to be that big of a deal. And honestly, you can't get a real approval without a credit pull. I can't yeah. run those those systems, those automated systems, without your credit that I've pulled. And I can't use another lender's credit to do that. So if you want that true approval, you really need to to have that. And even if you have perfect credit and mm-hmm. a great job, of course, you know, or I shouldn't say a great job, a stable job, you know, there isn't anything to be worried about, you know. So you think it's still important to have that that automated because it could find something and 
you know, or it could right. be asking for something maybe you can't give them. Whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, even though you you would think you would be in the clear, it's I, I always like to still do it. That's good advice. That's really good advice. And what do you say about people that use like credit karma? Um, I mean, are those like really accurate? No, <laughs> they're not. A lot of those in like, especially the ones that, you know, like you go on like your credit card and it'll give you like a credit track yeah. and it'll kind of yeah. give you an idea. All of those are terrible. They're really? usually a lot higher than what we'll pull. And it's not, it's not because we just pulled it. So we just dropped your score 30 right, points. Right, because you hear about that too. People right. Freak out. Yeah. That's not why. It's that those, so when we pull credit, when mortgage companies pull credit, they take everything into consideration mm-hmm. with your credit score and we're not the ones that assign that credit score it's the bureaus but it's the bureaus looking at it like what your balances are what your limits are uh, when you're making your payments how much are you making your payment they literally take everything into consideration collections everything whereas those especially those credit card ones and stuff they don't I don't even think they and I don't even know if credit karma does see sees collections so if Mm. they don't see a collection your score of course is going to be higher yeah gonna look fabulous right right? yeah okay that's all that's all really good information because I think you know especially with everyone on their phones nowadays that's that's what I'm seeing is oh well credit credit karma says I'm here and I mean you really like you said don't know unless you you pull your credit. A real credit. Yeah. So one thing I will say for any of those ones, whether it be the one attached to your credit card or mm-hmm. if you're even on Experian or one of those ones, those are great tools to, to track at least what your credit's doing. So maybe the scores aren't right, but if you're trying to get your score up by 10 points, it's a good way to gauge mm-hmm. when your score's gone up. It might not be totally accurate, but it's a good way to kind of watch it without us having to keep repulling. Gotcha. Credit. Okay. So it's a That's good, good way point. to kind of track it like that. Okay. And then I heard somewhere too, um, you can get like a free, or you get one time a year, you can pull your credit. You do. You do. You get one free time a year, and I am blanking right now. I can't remember. I want to say it's free credit report, but I don't know actually. Yeah, yeah, it no might worries. be like Experian or somewhere, but yeah, you do get one free credit report a year but it's still gonna hit your credit and it still wouldn't help a lender so we would still have to pull our own it is free to do a consultation with like myself so if you aren't sure about your credit or if you just want to know it's 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 not like you have to pay to pull your credit through us we collect that credit report fee at the end when you finally close on your home gotcha so it's you know you might as well just get the real one pulled right 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 on okay and then the other thing I kind of wanted to touch on is I, I continue to get questions like this, but even more so now, is down payment assistance. I mean, is that still a it's thing? It's still a thing. Okay. Yeah. And one of the girls in the office here just closed one uh, maybe last week or the week before. So they're still out there. We have great programs. Uh, we use a lot of CalHAPA, which is this California state program, but we have GSFE to, or yeah, GSFE, the Golden State um authority program as well um but they are still out there and they're they're still good loans they're still great for people who don't have you know the three and a half percent plus the closing costs some things i like to make sure uh, buyers know is that when you're using those down payment assistance programs they are going to tighten up big time on what you're approved for so they look at your DTI or your debt to income ratio and say you are maxed out at 40, I think it's 43. 
whereas like FHA, sometimes you could push it to 55. Okay. So you might qualify for hundreds of thousands of dollars less going with CalHAFA versus an FHA. And same with the other program. But um, but what's cool is they do have some extra incentives, especially with the CalHAFA program for teachers and firefighters. You do get a little bit more assistance. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, they are great programs. They just have to be what works for you. Got so it. if you don't need that bigger purchase price, which maybe you would rather not have because you don't want to have that big payment, it could be perfect. Got it. Okay. And I know one thing too is because I've had clients, you know, go through CalHAFA and that third loan, you know, you just want to be aware that it'll have to get paid off when you sell your house. So it doesn't just like, it's not free money. I mean, like, yeah, exactly. You know. So the way the CalHAFA program is, is you get your first, which you make your payments on like normal, like a normal loan, but then you'll have a second and a third that hold to the property. So those two programs are what helps you with your down payment and closing costs. They are not free money. You do eventually have to pay them back, either when you pay off your loan. So at Mm -hmm. the 30-year term, they're going to come due payable. Or um, they do have the option to kind of make payments to them throughout the years to kind of get them paid off so you don't have to worry about them. But that is a perk, though, is you do not have to make those payments. And typically you're not getting, I mean, like I ran a scenario here. So you're getting about $23,000 in this particular scenario, $23,000 in um, down payment assistance. So in 30 years, you pay off your loan. If you don't have that $30,000, you know, there is a little bit of interest on one of the loans. So if you have a little bit more, likely your house is going to be worth at least $30,000 to pull that out to pay it off. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Big things to know about those programs is that whoever, the only people who can be on title are the people on the loan. Oh, okay. So it's not like, you know, regular transactions. You could add anyone. You could add anyone. It's not the case here. And the other big one is you cannot refinance that first into a lower rate or pull cash out without getting rid of the Without paying off the other two. Mm, Interesting. That's good to know. But I mean, they're great programs, like you said, for people who don't have, you know, all that money saved. No, Um, and the rates right now with CalHAFA are great. They're typically super high. Um, I pulled a rate the other day. It was at 3.125%. I mean, it's it's not as high as you would think it would be. So it's definitely an option you should see and what I like to do because you and I even have a client right now who's thinking about doing down payment assistance is I run them the options so they see okay this is what a conventional or an FHA loan looks like and this is what a CalHAFA conventional or FHA loan looks like what makes the most sense for your situation and then they kind of go from there. Yeah, because I know we had a client not that long ago, maybe a couple of years ago, he did CalHAFA. Right. And he came in with like 1% of the purchase price, yeah. which was which was great. Nice. He still loves his house. And I mean, it, and, you know, it gave him a, an opportunity to buy a home. And yeah. so I think they're great programs, um, you know, for people that, that do need a little bit of assistance. And I think now, especially in the times we're in, we're seeing that a little bit more. And I think we'll continue to see that too. Me too. Me too. And it, it's not as good as it was a couple years ago. You do have to come in with more than 1%. The program's yeah. not as yeah. plentiful as it was back then, but it's still a big help. So it's it's a good one. If it's something you're interested in, if you don't have the money or you don't have a way to get gifted money, something, it's definitely a great option to see if you qualify. 
Awesome. And then I saw that, yeah, well, you and I had been talking that uh, Jumbo products came back. They have. They're coming back. That's Yay. good because they went away <laughs> there for a while. And, I mean, it made things a little Tricky. little trickier for people who were over the conforming loan limit. Yeah, so they're they're coming back. They're they're even being a little bit nicer to us on conditions and seasoning oh. and that kind of stuff, which is nice. Seconds have come back for California, which is nice, and um, still uh, just so I make it clear, we still Caliber at least doesn't do uh, refinances, jumbo refinances, mm-hmm. but jumbo purchases are back and um thank goodness because we miss them because yes. i know we don't see a lot of them here in solano county normally but it's actually we're seeing more of it now yeah well we're in like we had been saying with the prices going up too right. i mean i haven't heard of any talks of the conforming lim- limits changing as of yet but you know everything is still very fluid and i think that's one thing just to kind of take away also from this podcast is this is things as of now i mean things can change and, and probably will change between right. now and the end of the year. But I don't know. I think I'm, I'm optimistic about 2021. We heard some good things about Pfizer having the potential vaccine that was 90% effective yes. with COVID. And that, I mean, that was a great day, you yes. know, for, for everyone <laughs> getting a little bit of hope. And, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully that does happen because I do think that hopefully it'll just improve everyone's situation, whether it's house related or not. I mean, we all definitely want to have a day where we're not wearing masks and we oh. can be with each other and I can go to Disneyland. Yes. <laughs> so it was a good day. And so I'm optimistic about 2021. They're saying, you know, vaccines can happen as early as the end of the year for some people. Yeah, I, I'm optimistic too. I do think we have so much equity in our homes and there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of positive information coming out I do think it's going to be good I think we're going to have a good year I think so too and so hopefully that leaves you guys with some positivity (laughs) and I know we talked about a lot and I hope you guys took something from it you know and and we'll definitely keep updating you because again things change and um they honestly change every day sometimes so as of now things look great yes but yeah buying a home is still a great investment to make the rates are still excellent um it's still a great opportunity to to you know go out and invest in you and build some net worth yes it's invest the best investment you can make still by far yep i agree so awesome well with that Teresa, do you have a quote to go ahead and close this out with i do so the quote i found is joy is the simplest form of gratitude i love that (laughs) so much i love that and you know we hope you guys all have a safe and happy holiday season i know um you know things are a little different this year but that's okay the the meaning of thanksgiving and whatever other holidays you you celebrate is still there yes i agree awesome well Well, thanks again guys yeah of course thank you and thank you guys for tuning in to this podcast of Real Life in Real Estate and we'll see you next time.